Hey, what is up, guys? Today's episode is brought to you by the incredible sponsors of the program, ChemicalFreeBody.com. If health and wellness is a priority for you, then check out the incredible products over at ChemicalFreeBody. Plant-based nutritional supplements from Super Greens, my favorite, with all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients, and micronutrients in just one single scoop. Toss it in your glass of water, your shake, your smoothie, however you want to do it. They also have other incredible products, gut detoxers, anti-inflammatories, immune boosters, and so much more. ChemicalFreeBody.com and check out that promo code, it's me, all one word, it's me for discounts at your checkout. And look, we have so many different insurance policies in our life. And if the last couple years has taught you anything, it taught me that storable food needs to be on that list. Prepare with itsme.com, the incredible products over at My Patriot Supply. They have four-week supply of food, three-month supply, all products with up to a 25-year shelf life. Have the peace of mind, ladies and gentlemen, of having storable food and have that supply on deck. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. And uh, if you have, you know, shaving needs like nice chrome domes like me, SkullShaver.com is a whole new concept in face and head shaving. The products offered over there include men's head shavers, face shavers, hair clippers, and trimmers. And ladies, we haven't forgot about you with the butterfly kiss. And we also have a large selection of accessories to make your life that much more simple. All of the shavers come with uh, removable, washable blades made of premium Japanese stainless steel to ensure flawless results. It just makes it so much easier. You can get your shaving done anytime, anywhere, in or out of the shower. It gets no better. Skullshaver.com, front slash discount, front slash it's me. All of the links to these incredible products will be in the description of this episode. So without further delay, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to yet another episode of It's Me Speaking to You. I am your host, Jeffrey Wilson, coming to you from Club 4600 on this fine day, September 8th, the year of our Lord, 2015. Oh, we have a very special guest again today with a very, very interesting story, ladies and gentlemen. He has, uh, unbeknownst to me up until about a year or so ago, I found out this gentleman lived two doors down from me when I was a child. So he and his brother, who have uh, rather prolific uh, stories in the music industry, um, pushing probably 30 years, correct me if I'm wrong, sir, he has worked with them all, the likes of Luther Vandross, Jeffrey Osborne, Smokey Robinson, Anita Baker, Neil Diamond, Lionel Richie, Barbara Streisand, you name it, this guy's got stories here, folks. We're going to chop it up with him about his life in the music industry. Tommy Wells is joining us, folks, or Thomas Wells, excuse me. Thomas Wells is joining us on the program today. <laughs> how you, how you guys doing? We're doing good, hey, but, man. Do you, is Thomas all right? I don't know why Thomas just comes up. I got a nephew, and I guess that's just probably oh. why I call him Thomas. Is Thomas okay, or is that too formal or too informal? Oh, Thomas. Thomas is the only name I go by. <laughs> only time ever, anybody ever called me Tommy is back home in the Fly Cities, you know. But once I hit adulthood and came out to Los Angeles, it's always been Tommy. Copy that. I will, I, will, I will respect that request, sir. It's uh, Tommy from it's, here on out. You can, you can call me that. You grew up with me. <laughs> well, yeah, the two doors down. That's what I said. Uh, my mom and dad, who obviously you know very well, and my uh, older brothers and sisters, at least my older brothers, um, yeah, it kind of filled me in about a year or so ago that we had some uh, some very interesting cats that lived down the street from us uh, when we were growing up. If you don't mind, my friend, give us just a little brief background on your your life in the Quad Cities, how you got yourself out of there, and uh, what prompted you to get out, and what, what got you into the business you're in now, my friend. 
Right. Okay, man, I'll try to make it brief. Well, not yet. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I went to, I moved to the Quad Cities, man, in first grade, man. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm originally from California, but I, I've been, I lived in Rock Island from really the first grade, you know, on to my senior year, and had a great time, man, very happy I was raised there. Um, your family was one of the first families I met as a kid, you know, growing up in Rock Island, your dad has always been really, really instrumental and great to me, man, you know, especially with me growing up with 10 brothers and sisters and not have a father in my, sure. in my life or living with us at the time. But Shout out to Kenny Wilson. Time, Thank you, Kenny Wilson. Major. Yeah, but, man, um, you know, but just growing up, man, with the people there, um, I mean, the people that lived in my in my community, all my friends, you know, it just brought me a lot of good values, man, you know, equality, you know, growing up in the Midwest. Sure. And like I said, man, I, I had a great time. Um, I had a sister, you know, if you want to talk about my business-wise, I had a sister who was into um, fashion, who worked in department stores and did fashion shows around town when I was growing up. And, you know, she used to drag me around with her, man, when I was like third, fourth, and fifth grade. So it kind of got my interest peaked in, you know, in clothes and different creativity. But I also grew up a nerd, too, man. You know, I was a comic book nerd. Oh, so me too, brother. Was, me too. Yeah. So I was all into superheroes, man, and stuff like that. So it was, you know, from a point of visual, visualization of, you know, what people look like and all that, I think that's where it kind of got started, man, you know. I mm -hmm. mean, so, and, and it just kind of went from there, man. I mean, I... I took classes in seventh grade, you know, I mean, sewing and all of that, you know, eighth grade, you know, just to kind of, you know, I mean, on a whim. Because sure. I want to, you know, be, build my own superhero costume. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah. but, I, but I will say this too, man, you know, it's weird because my brother, I have an older brother who's like six years older than me, uh, he, kind of the same thing, you know, I think he was kind of like, you know, um, interested in it because of my sister as well you know and they're they're a lot closer together in years mm -hmm. um so he was doing kind of messing around with fashion well before i was you know ever into it man so by the time i got into it he had already went out to california you know went to school established himself you know and got into mm -hmm. the business you know before me sure so so yeah so that's you know that's I mean because so I had two different avenues so I saw a little stuff he was doing right. um, my sister was doing well and then when I saw the people that he wound up working with because you know he you know after his second or third year out in LA he wound up working for a guy that worked with Earthwind and Fire and a bunch of people man at this workshop <laughs> and he and he wound up going to be you know hired by Earthwind Fire as their main wardrobe guy man wow like back in nineteen. 79. And he's still with them, right? He's he's still with them. He's still with them, man. He's still with them, you know. Wow. I mean, so, yeah, he, you know, and it, it started with him, man. You know, I mean, he, Lewis, I will say this, like I said, it was over my head, man, because to me, even when I, you know, visited him in, you know, California, mm -hmm. some of the people he worked with, and he only worked with, he worked with Earth and Fire and a few other people, but it was all over my head. You know, I just, they they were famous, but they weren't really famous because you know I used to go out and see them rehearse, and you know sometimes they take me to lunch. I was just a punk kid, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. But 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 what struck me was, and I will say this, and I'll, and I'll try to close it. 
when I finally moved out here to California, you know, I mean, this was, you know, not too far after high school, man. I moved out here in 1981 to go to fashion school, man. You know, I mean, you know, but just, you know, because I wanted to do costumes. Sure. Um, my brother at the time, he landed a deal. Um, you know, he was with Earth, Wind & Fire. Their management was Prince's management. Oh, wow. And, yeah, when Prince was running around with no, you know, with just a trench coat and drawers, <laughs> his, his, his uh, management said, okay, you know, since you guys work with Earth, Wind & Fire, you know, can you put some clothes on our new client over here? So Lewis was probably one of the first guys, you know, he started working with Prince when he was making their, their record 1999. Right. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah, wow. so, so 1999 on through Purple Rain, because my brother and his partner designed pretty much everything in that film. <laughs> wow. So, um, you know, on through that, you know, and through Purple Rain and all that, um, like I say, that's where he kind of made his, you know, his claim to fame, too. So Purple Rain and Prince and all that. So mm -hmm. that was him. I grew up around all that, man, while I was going to school, you know. I mean, so I was around Earthwind, Princes, and all that. So I grew up around just being, just going to school and just working for those guys and just working a little bit. So my career didn't start till really 19... Once I got out of school in 1985, um, I met a guy named Howard Hewitt, you know. Mm -hmm. He saw some of my work while I was in college, and he wanted me to do some stuff for him. And so that's where it kind of got started. I mean, during the tail end of this Shalimar period, I started doing, I started designing clothes for him, costumes for him and his group. And then it just kind of kicked off in there. I mean, from him, I met other artists. I wound up meeting George Duke. And through George Duke, I met all of George's people, like Jeffrey Osborne and mm. all those folks. Old school R&B, baby. Yeah, oh, old school. But I didn't tour anything, man. I mean, I wound up touring later, but I used to design a lot. But, you know, I mean, for a young guy, I mean, I was making a, you know, I was making ends meet and doing my thing, but I still wanted more, man. Sure. So, so, so later on, I will say maybe like in the early... Well, I, I toured Howard a little bit, and a little bit in the late 80s, but in 1996, 95, 95, um, in the 95, I got my first major deal um, with this, um, with Tony Braxton, with Tony Braxton. Mm. Her staff, her camp liked some of my stuff, so and they liked my work, so they, they invited me in, and from there, it kind of snowballed, you know, so I went from Tony... Then Tony's people, you know, then in Vogue's people like my work. So they hired me over there. Dang, brother. And brother. some, some <laughs> in Vogue, Puff Daddy and the family and all, Mace and all those guys that we want them on tour helping us out. Take that, take and then that. Then it just kind of, it just snowballed from there, man. So every year, you know, I mean, I, I started a touring career as a wardrobe supervisor. Then it just shifted into something totally different, but I still do costumes and wardrobe man so that good word that, travels that fast of, that good word that good world good word caught on and uh, you know like you said just snowballed from there yeah it was sick man you know i mean i, I never knew what was hitting me because from puffy i don't know how i wound up with i wound up with a guy named michael crawford phantom of the opera guy doing an orchestra then yeah. i did neil, neil diamond barbara streisand yanni dr dre snoop Dogg. <laughs> man him. you he, 
Beastie Boys, Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> that I mean, I think that's so, very fascinating that you have such like stupid. an eclectic palette like that that you can put them. I mean, you're not just one particular genre. You you know you you can no. you can put a lot together, a lot of different genres. Yeah, yeah man, and I guess that's what it is about being creative, man. And, and I will say this, especially about where we grew up, because um, there's a lot of people from our area that are very talented. Not just yourself, man. You know what you are. But there's a lot of people in our area that mm -hmm. have carved, you know, that came up very creative and very talented. But, you know, like I say, until they really tap it, unless they really tap their, you know, their, their creativity or their um, their vibe, yeah. you know, it's, it's never going to be unleashed, you know. But there's so many people that came up in our area that was very creative, mm -hmm. you know. Absolutely. And, 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 just, and just talented, period, man. So. Yeah, no, without and, a doubt. I, I know several. I know several. Um, so sure. what does that bring you to now in the biz? I know obviously you're still, you're still currently, you know, I remember you had said you're still uh, pretty, pretty prominently working with Barbara Streisand and, and Neil Diamond. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're oh, up to now. Oh yeah, man. Um, I mean, I started off touring, um, you know, just doing, I was like a wardrobe supervised designer, but as I went along with different gigs, I started studying like the, um, the lighting designers, the sound designers, set designers. So my thing was, I never wanted to do the same gig, you know. I mean, so I wanted to evolve and advance just like sure. everybody else. Right. So over the last, mm, I want to say, really since Cirque du Soleil back in 2006, the Delirium show, each show that I do now, I always take a separate job on the side. Like either I'll do like, um, like I've, I've done, I'm a backstage coordinator, um, I'll do, I'll work with the production, mm -hmm. like, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll help set up a show. I mean, that, that's always the deal, you know, so before the tour even starts, you know, I mean, and this is just overall, I work with the set designers and lighting designers, you know, not just with my costume, but, you know, just taking notes right. and just learning their aspects of the job. And that, and that goes for like my last four jobs. I think I told you, I, I just finished. I work with Neil Diamond all this year. I just work with Arcade Fire, the indie rock group, all mm -hmm. last all of last year. I worked with Lionel Richie prior to that for like about four months, and Barbara Streisand two different times, <laughs> you know, between 2012 and 2013. So man, you are staying. I, I mean, I staying busy. Back. You're staying busy, my friend. But I, man, the last really four years, man, I I've been kind of a nonstop man, but. Like I said, man, but I ain't never going to forget my roots. Right. No, you <laughs> can't. You can't. You can't. So well, you're saying, so when you're kind of in the mix in all these places, you say you're taking notes, kind of observing everybody else doing their job. What's the what's the yeah. end game for that psychology? You have something in mind for in, your own? End game for me. And, I mean, whether it's, you know, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm at a, you know, I should say, I'm at a place right now where I can actually put a tour together. You know, right. I can I literally can actually put a tour together. In other words, if I can work with an artist and they're talking about a concept and all that, I can literally put, you know, I mean, a show together, a tour from, from top to, to bottom. Right. But my real goal, which is still visually speaking, um, I want my own um, production company when it comes to films because we film so many touring shows mm -hmm. and we do so many behind-the-scenes aspects. And working with cameramen and all that, that got me intrigued on um, doing my own projects, whether it's um, starting my own um, 
you know, starting my own production company doing maybe short films, whether it's video-related mm-hmm. or definitely movie-related, because, you know, I got a lot of stories I want to tell. Right. And, you know, and I, you know, and if I know people that have great stories that they want to tell, I'd love to produce it. <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at right now, you know, I mean, that's my main goal is, uh, especially with this coming year, is, is trying to get my own production company kind of kicked off, you know, so I can mm-hmm. do my own projects. And, you know, and pique people's interest. Because, like I say, you know, I mean, I have a lot of stories to tell, and I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of other people do, and, you know, I want to tell it. Yeah, the the, uh, the so. indie rock group that you had mentioned, what was the name again? Oh, that would be Arcade Fire, which is, you know, which, which, which they have a lot of creative people in that group, man. This is really ridiculous. Yeah, so. you had, um, when we had spoken before, you had kind of mentioned, I don't know how much you can speak about it, you had kind of mentioned possible projects going on. Um, with them, did you? Well, do... well, my my thing with them, and and I've worked with other people, but with them it's more intriguing because I know they're how should I say the lead singer of the group. His name is Wynn Butler. Wynn is an accomplished um, director. You know, he's a good, great video director and short film director. I mean, he you know he directed all their videos uh, for their movie. I mean, excuse me, for their uh, videos and for all their short clips for all their um, different um, touring shows. He he did short Hasn't he won some awards? Stories. Hasn't he won um, some pretty big awards? Um, well, he's been nominated for, for a soundtrack. He actually got nominated for an Oscar last year. Okay. For, yeah, a, sound, for a soundtrack soundtrack of her, you know. Oh, wow. But even with, yeah, but even with that, you know, he's, you know, he's a very talented director. And I just watched him do his, you know, I mean, do his thing, you know, and I mean, I've always been intrigued about it, and I'm hoping to continue working with him on some basis, you know, I mean, working with his production in the future, sure. and, I, and I will say this, I also learned and picked up a lot of stuff from another guy who was a prominent director, but he passed away a few years ago, and that was um, MCA, which is um, Adam Yao from, yeah, the, yeah, from the Beastie Boys, yeah, yeah. He was, you know, he had a company called Osloscope out of New York, and even when I was working with him, I used to always help him out on this little short film project. So mm-hmm. little stuff like that, you know, I mean, always had me intrigued about, you know, not only telling the story but actually putting it, putting it together and just presenting it, period, you know, in a way that everybody would really feel it. Yeah, so, the, the Beastie Boys, they were always known for their for their their videos being almost kind of like mini mini short movies, you know, very intricate, you know, in, intergalactic comes to mind just so many moving yeah. parts to that, you know, an homage to the old Japanese uh old Japanese uh, kind of hero flicks, but yeah, those those guys were very mm-hmm. very talented and that was definitely a loss uh losing losing Adam there. <laughs> yeah, it it was, man. It hurt me a lot, too, but like I said, I, I learned a lot from him. And and those guys, you know, like I say, they they showed me a lot, you know, just working with them the six months that I did. Right. And and I and I will say this, all in all, you know, I mean, especially for my field, the main thing, you know, anybody that's artistic in any capacity, the more you evolve and you express, you know, your art, your your vision mm-hmm. on something, and you have an opportunity to express it, you know, and, and especially on film in a way that people can be passionate, you know, and see what you see. Right. I mean, that's that's kind of your reward, you know. That's your end game of getting it done. Right. But it's you know, but the game is started. Is <laughs> is you know, is, is like my vision too, you know, just getting it started and getting it completed. You know, whatever I do, but that's kind of what I want to do. I want to do 
um, little short film projects and see where it goes from there. Right. Yeah, and as, as a graduate of film school, essentially, I went to Columbia College uh, in Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, majored in uh, mm -hmm. basically film and video production, and that was, yeah, that's always a, a beautiful thing when you can kind of take your vision and, you know, take it through mm -hmm. that whole process, pre-production, production, post-production, post and, you know, really kind of make make people feel mm -hmm. it. It is, it is definitely rewarding. Mm -hmm. As far yeah. as the the music, I'm sorry, did you have something to add to that? No, no, I'm just saying, and doing it for the art, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you do it definitely for the art, man, because like I said, if you do it for the art, you do your passion, and all the rewards that come in the end. Right, <laughs> right, and that's, that's I, so absolutely true. Your motivation cannot be, you know, mm -hmm. kind of external stuff. It really just has to be nurturing yeah. your passion within you, because mm -hmm. like I said, if you do that, mm -hmm. everything kind of falls into place. I, I really agree. Um, does, speaking as, as an individual who's been in the music business, I don't know if this is something or information you're very privy to, but, you know, the Internet has really kind of changed the game as far as the music industry goes. And, you know, again, I could be wrong, but it seems like musicians uh, and artists now really rely on their touring uh, for their revenue more so than their their uh, their album sales. Do you notice that to be true? And how how, how do you see the Internet kind of affecting uh, affecting the game and um yeah, basically, yeah, affecting the game. Well, I mean, my my take on that is just because I I talk to and work with a lot of musicians, and you're exactly right, man. You know, I mean, nowadays to make most of your revenue, you have to tour, man. You know, you have to go out and present it to the people that capacity did because ever since Napster, <laughs> from yeah. way back in the day, <laughs> you know, and people giving out, you know, I mean, people putting you know, your music on the web for free, you know, where other people don't have to pay for your art, you know, I mean, that kind of changed the game. And, it, you know, of course, it pissed a lot of musicians off because now sure. it's like, okay, that's that's their way of living, you know. Cutting I mean, into the bottom line. Yeah, so now, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it kind of eliminated a lot of record companies too, man. That's you what know? I was going to ask you too, yeah, how, how that affected the, the relevance of record companies. Well, that, that's just it. You know, I mean, it, it really eliminated a lot of record companies. And really, I mean, it, it to me, I don't really know if there is a quote-unquote music business, <laughs> so to speak. Because my thing is, you know, the business of music, yeah, you want to get paid for your art. Now you're pretty much getting paid for a lot of your live shows or if, mm -hmm. you, can, if you can understand the business, how to capitalize on it, you know, through certain websites or certain, you know, I mean, just sure. certain iTunes, you know, right, ways right. of going about doing it, then, then, then you can capitalize on it. But most of the music business to me now is more distribution, yeah, you know. Exactly. In, in, in the past, in the past, a lot of record companies would go and groom their artists and do all that, and a lot of record companies would make a lot of money off artists too, which I didn't really like that right. because I thought artists should get paid for their craft. However, um, nowadays I. Respect, don't get me wrong, I do respect YouTube because um, it's introduced a lot of people and a lot of stuff that I would never have picked up or saw right. or even listened to unless I actually got on there and actually heard it for the first time. But so a lot of people, you know, it's, it's brought to the format of, of people doing their own thing and, you know, and, and displaying their music in their, you know, in their art form to people all over the world. Sure. But, uh, yeah, so I, I do like that aspect to a degree but I still think you should be compensated for your music you know I don't mind people giving you a taste of what they right, do right, right, or right. a snippet but you know 
Well, as, as an individual who um, you put, obviously you say you put together, you know, a lot of different shows, you know, from Cirque du Soleil to, you know, Puffy or whatever. Do you notice now um, with the with such a heavy reliance on your concerts being uh, your main source of revenue? Do you notice acts becoming much more elaborate with their stage shows in the hopes that may that may be I know that costs a lot more so I don't know if that's cost efficient but do you see like you know kind of the gagas and the uh, other acts really kind of going really elaborate with their shows to try to make them mm -hmm. almost like movies if you will you know what I'm saying uh, I my thing is this um, I think I'm sorry man um, right. my, my, my thing is this if the shows, it depends on talent. <laughs> Hello? Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, my thing is, it depends on talent, man, because um, if you have talent, genuine quality talent, you don't need a lot of elaborate stuff um, around, you know. I mean, and I'm saying this as a visual guy, you know, I just, as a um, wardrobe person. Sure. My thing is, it depends on the artist. If you're about your art, if you're a musician or what have you, I think if you're going to do something elaborate, you know, I mean, if you want to go the costume route, yeah, I'm for it because, you know, that's more business for me. But if you're an artist and your talent is so-so and you need a million dancers around you and a mm. million gimmicks and all that. <laughs> it becomes an overcompensation for lack of talent, basically. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and that's, I guess that's what it means to me, man, because my vibe is this. I mean, I've been on stage, man, where I just want a band, like when I was out with Maxwell, it was just myself, him, and his band, <laughs> and not a lot of visuals around us. And his mm. talent, like, went, you know, I mean, you know, that was on display. But certain artists, and certain artists are really good, but they need a lot of dancers to compensate for their, you know, mm -hmm. um, how should I say, you know, their their stage presence. You sure, know? sure. And 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 so, in stage presence and visuals and all that, and some of it you want to give your the you know the audience their money's worth, which you do. But sometimes, you know, I want to say like Gaga. Yeah, and there's a a lot of other acts. You know, I mean, they can kind of overdo it a little bit, man. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> you know? true, true. And, and it, and it could eat up, like I say, it eat up a lot of your money. Yes. You know, while you're touring, and sometimes, you know, some people they just want to hear you. They don't. They may not want to see all that. Right. They want to hear the the real you instead of seeing, you know, you and you know, I mean, different music that people have sequenced in and are vocals that people have sequenced in. <laughs> you yep. know, so Pyro, I mean, pyrotechnics and fireworks, and yeah, no, it just becomes it can becomes a bit much sometimes. Yeah, so it, it, I guess it, man. All in all, it, it it depends on what you're looking for, man. You know, and I mean that right. goes across the board. Sure. You know, I mean if it, if if you want to see the video that they created, which a lot of artists they do, they may just give you the video they created on stage. They may give you that video that you've seen on stage. So that could be a lot. You know, I mean that could be a lot of fluff. <laughs> that could be sure. a lot of a lot of stuff, but. If you just want to give them a show or what have you, you know, I mean, you can keep, you can give them stuff, but you got to keep in mind that they really want to see you and see you perform right. and do what you do. They want a different version of you, not just the stage video version. Right, or the ra <laughs> you know, radio like, radio edit of your your biggest song. Yeah, yeah, yeah they want to they want to see another vibe. They so, want to feel you.
Yeah, no, I, I yeah. totally get it. So check it out. I'm, I don't want to keep you too much longer. In, so in mm -hmm. your in your illustrious career, it's been long in in the industry. Give me a couple of you know, for lack of a better term, your your Mount Rushmore of events that you've done. Uh, it doesn't have to be a particular huge star, but you know, Cirque du Soleil. In, in your 30 years or however long it's been, what um, what what's been some of your favorites? My favorites? Oh man, <laughs> you know. Everybody asks me this, man. But I know, and I and I know I get I get frowned upon by my latest artists too, because I love Neil Diamond to death, man. And I and I will say he's in my top five. <laughs> but, but I will say, man, the funnest tour I've ever been on, and quality people from start to finish was the Beastie Boys. <laughs> oh wow! And I, that was the Beastie Boys, man. I, and I and I love Neil. I you know I mean Arcade right. Fire. I will say Beastie Boys. Arcade Fire, um, definitely. Uh, my very first tour was with Howard Hewitt, so mm -hmm. I'll give that one. You know, I have to put that because it was my first tour. Right. You know, and probably, you know, Doctor J, Snoop Dogg, <laughs> all those guys that that uh, Up and Smoke tour with him. Oh, you were on that one. Ice Cube. Yeah, man. You know. Hey, you know, you ever see the credits? I'm in the credits and in the nice. DVD if you ever look for me. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> no. be interviewing another individual actually who was pretty intimately involved with uh, with Death Row. Uh, he was actually uh, the bass mm -hmm. player of the Dramatics. His name is Edward Green, T Money Green. He's gonna be on the show uh, uh, here nice. in a few days. Um, are you familiar with Solar Records? Oh yeah, man. That's what that's what that's Howard Hughes' company, man. That's okay. I, I went to There's school, and a good friend of mine, shout out to my friend, Nalier Van Brunt. His dad, Peter Van Brunt, was uh, right under Dick Griffey uh, at Solar. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dick Griffey. And I, I've heard that name, um, Van Brunt. I do know Dick Griffey. Actually, me and um, his daughter are really good friends right now, Carolyn. Okay. <laughs> so, Is he still in Africa? Carolyn. Who, Griffey? Or? I thought he was living in, uh, Mr. Griffey, I thought he was living in Africa. No. Okay. No, actually, he passed away, man, a few years oh, ago. Oh, I, I apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't no, know that. No, no problem. He, he passed away a few years ago. Um, I mean, my like I say, man, I Solar Records gave me my first, you know, when I first got out of school, they gave me my first. I worked with Howard. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I toured with Howard. But I also got a chance to design clothes for um, Tour Directs, Climax, and Midnight mm -hmm. Star. <laughs> okay, so, okay, nice. Because they're, they're on the bill. Yeah. And, and so with that said, man, I mean, all those guys, I'm still good friends with them today. I mean, I was a, I was a punk kid, man, so they, right. they gave me my start, man. Well, that's, that's and, an interesting, uh, that whole that area, good. Dick Griffey, Solar good. Records, it has such a very interesting story as, uh, as it relates to the beginnings yeah. of Death Row, because that's where Death Row started in those those yeah. uh, those solar studios. Yeah, man, they need to do a straight out of solar. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've heard some stories, man. I've heard some stories. That's why it's like it's so fascinating. Yeah. I could talk to you forever. I'm sure you just got plenty of stories, was, even off I, air on 30 years in the music business. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you heard probably heard most of right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty pretty wild yeah. stuff. Mr. Thomas Wells, man, I thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're a busy dude. You clearly got a lot going on. Thank you for hooking a brother up from the old neighborhood, my man. I uh, I thank oh, you oh so oh. kindly. Well, thank you, Jeffrey, and, and say hello to your, your mom and dad for me. <laughs> I will. I will. And if I get out to L.A., guys. man, you need to take me on the grand tour, brother. You need to hook a brother up and uh, show me show me what's right. up. Oh, you got it, man. 
he totally got it, man. It's, All right. You know, it's very interesting. Yeah, so, I'm sure it is. Come on out. All right, my man. You keep doing what you're doing, man. Take care and uh, and be well, my friend. All right. Hey, you too, man. All hey. right. That was Thomas Wells, ladies All and right. gentlemen. Hey, Tommy, do you have any social networking stuff that you that can find you on? Anything uh, you can uh, that you social network with? Hey, man. Just Thomas Dewan Wells. Uh, get me on Twitter, <laughs> or you can get me on you know I guess Facebook, of course, but Thomas Dewan Wells on Twitter. You know. That's Say about, that again, that's Thomas. Thomas and Juan Wells, D J U A N, on on Twitter. On other than that, Twitter. man, I'm like, on Twitter, man. Other than that, I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a relaxed social network guy. That's all right. <laughs> Just in case anybody might want to have some follow up questions, they can get at you, brother. Thank you again, oh, my friend. Too. Okay, man, my pleasure. Take care, my friend. All right, all right you too. Bye bye.